Hello and welcome to Let's Talk with Bishop R.C. Blakes. R.C. is an author, empowerment teacher, and the proud pastor of the New Home Ministries of New Orleans, Louisiana, and Houston, Texas. His message circles the globe. His conversational and candid approach to challenging content makes him a relevant voice to all generations. Get ready for a life-changing transformational conversation. Hello, 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 hello. This is R.C. Blakes, and I am so excited today <clears throat> to be able to uh, share with you what's on my heart. I would love for you to invite some others to come in and to be a part of this conversation today because I believe it's going to be uh, quite enlightening for uh, the sisters. I was sitting and pondering, what should I talk to you about? Um, because this is possibly the last time I'll talk to you before the year 2021 comes to an end. And possibly the next time I'll speak with you, it'll be in a brand new year. And I thought, what could I share with the sisters that um, would be, I think, empowering, enlightening, encouraging, and helpful? And a very unique thought came to mind. A very unique thought came to mind. How to be a strong feminine woman. Now I can already hear your wheels turning in your heads. A strong feminine woman. It sounds like um, a contradiction because, <clears throat> excuse me, the biggest lie told or inferred is that a woman must be innately weak to be feminine. You know, she has to be this poor damsel in distress um, to be considered feminine. You know, uh, and we usually run to the, the text in the Bible where it talks about the, the Bible is that God is encouraging the man to, you know, honor the woman because she's the weaker vessel. But just because one may be weaker in whatever capacity does not necessarily mean that one is weak. You know, the, the female lion is generally weaker than the the male lion, but yet she's one of the most powerful beasts on the planet. Just because she's weaker in a certain context does not mean that she is weak. But the lie is that, you know, for a woman to be feminine, she has to be innately weak. She has to be helpless and hopeless and all of these other things that play into misogynistic propaganda. Or it suggests, or the lie suggests, that uh, the woman must be feminine deficient to be a strong woman. In other words, you know, if she's going to be a feminine woman, she has to be weak and, and helpless and hopeless and oh me, oh my, I'm so dumb and I'm so weak, I can't help myself. <laughs> or if you flip the coin and she's a strong woman, she has to be almost, you know, a bra, what's up, what's up, 
the girl is here, you know, that kind of thing. And, and both of these are untruths, but for many women, uh, because these lies, because this propaganda has been poured over society for so long, for many women, it is uncomfortable to think of yourselves as strong. Because when you think of yourself as strong, you think of yourself as the opposite of feminine. And when you think of yourself as feminine, you think of yourself as being the opposite of strong, as though the two cannot coexist and I suggest to you that the two are inseparable that well let me not get ahead of myself but these lies have created a conflict within the modern woman's self-consciousness she believes that she must be weak and powerless to be feminine and so even when she's strong, she plays weak. When she's smart, she plays dumb. <sighs> or she believes on the other side of, side of the coin that she must be hard and problematic to be strong. If I'm going to be a strong woman, I've got to be difficult. I've got to have a scowl. I've got, got to show up, you know, with the veins in my neck. If I'm going to be a feminine woman, I got to be dumb. I got to pop bubble gum all day. I got to, I got to use excessive amounts of uh, lip gloss. And these are lies rooted in, again, weak misogynistic culture. You have to understand that. Uh, here's the truth of the matter. We have, um, we have a generation not in totality, but a, a great percentage of the men today are weak and the, the main agenda of a weak man is to break a strong woman. So when a man is weak, the first thing he does is he seeks to diminish the woman so that he may subjugate her, so that he may uh, maintain a position of... Um, in his mind, superiority over that woman. So what we have today is we have, we have, a, have a lot of fake alpha males who call themselves alpha. Number one, if a, if a man is alpha, he doesn't have to call himself that. You'll be able to look at him. His energy will dictate that. His, his deeds will dictate that. He never has to pronounce that. But we have, a, we have a weak generation of fake alpha males that have promoted this propaganda to confuse the consciousness of the woman because from the very beginning in the Bible which is my document we see God bringing Adam and Eve together and we we see God bringing them together as equivalents Adam was not Eve's superior and Adam was such such a man such a whole alpha male if you like to use that term that when he first saw Eve he recognized her as his equal he called her woman in other words you are my equivalent you are a man but you have a womb meaning you have the capacity to give birth but today we have we have a weak misogynistic culture that uses its influence over the woman 
to make her believe that, you know, she cannot be the possessor of strength and femininity. That if she's strong, something's wrong with her. If she's feminine, she has to be something other than strong. But actually the opposite is true. To be, to be a feminine woman requires that the woman become the epitome of strength. I think the strongest person in a lot of, in a lot of sense, uh, senses or in a lot of aspects in our home is my wife. Now I'm stronger in certain areas, you know what I mean? But in terms of keeping me together, keeping this family together, keeping situations running relative to business and even in ministry, uh, my wife is the strongest person in this house. There are things my wife can do that I just absolutely cannot do. And there's a reason that God said to uh, said of Adam, it's not good for him to be alone. Let's make him a woman. Let's make him a helpmeet. It's because to be a woman, to be a woman is really, it requires the epitome of strength. You know, you think about it. To, to be able to pursue your dreams, you know, and actualize your purpose requires the strength of individuality. You have to know who you are as an individual. You, you cannot buy into this idea that somehow you are uh, deficient, you are less valuable because you're not in a relationship or that your value is hinged to some kind of relationship for for you to be in a position now where you're pursuing your dreams and you're self-actualizing means that you possess the strength of individuality. Give yourself a pat on the back. To be a woman that is suitable for a husband demands that she has the strength to wait for what she deserves. You, it means that you have the strength of principle when other women's are women's forgive me when other women should I say are you know falling for anything running behind everything for you to be wife material means that you had to have had the strength to to live according to your principles and were willing to uh, live in your individuality while you waited for what you deserved in a relationship that's strength to be a mother, to be a mother, so we, to be an individual, to be a wife, we see how those things require strength. To be a mother in any respect, be it a stepmother, a surrogate mother, a, a, a biological mother, you know, an adoptive mother, to, you know, a godmother, to be a mother in any respect demands that the woman have the strength of wisdom and patience. I say all the time, I wouldn't want to be nobody's mama. If, if, as much as I love my children, man, none of them would be here if I had to lay on a table and give birth to them. None of them would have made it here. If, if I had to lie on a table, put my feet up in those stirrups, and push out those big head Blake's children. Ain't no way in the world I'm going to even think about attempting anything. Motherhood requires strength.
I tell the children all the time, your mother's going to go distances with you that your daddy just ain't going to go. Daddy ain't got the patience to be dealing with all this stuff. Y'all got all this drama. You know, move on with your life and let me do me. <laughs> you know I love my children. But my point is, it takes a lot of strength to be a mother. You know, then you think about to be a success in business or career. I'm just trying to show you how this is a lie that you can't, that there is no blend of, of femininity and strength. Because everything I just mentioned to you, is, it requires femininity and strength. To be a success in business or career calls upon the strength of the woman's brilliance and perseverance that pushed this business to where you've pushed it, to have taken the department and the company and have brought it to where you brought it many times with the odds against you, with people working against you. It is required strength. So I give you these examples so that you can see that it is a, a complete and total lie that you cannot blend strength and femininity. I think the epitome of strength or the epitome of femininity uh, does not exist without strength. Now, a strong feminine woman is not a contradiction. So she's not a contradiction. She is a, she is a fully actualized woman. She's developed uh, on all levels of her womanhood. And I believe the greatest biblical example of this type of woman is found in Proverbs 31, we call her the virtuous woman. And I encourage you to read the entirety of it. I'll, read, I'll be reading, you know, just verses from her, um, this account or this description of her. I'll be reading verses of it throughout our little discussion today. But if you go to Proverbs 31:25, it says, Strength and honor are her clothing. And she shall rejoice in time to come. Strength and honor. When you, when you look at this woman, this one, woman was the epitome of femininity. Um, this woman was the epitome of business acumen. She was the epitome of serving. I mean, this woman, she, she, was, she was and did it all. But the Bible says strength and honor are her clothing. The very woman we take and we use as uh, the pinnacle of uh, femininity, the Bible describes her as being a strong woman. Now, the greatest wisdom in the process of balancing femininity and strength is to understand the power, the woman must understand the power of fluidity. In other words, there's a time and a place for gentleness, the gentleness of femininity, and then there's a time and a place for the assertiveness or the strength of femininity. She has, the woman has to learn to be what? Fluid. She has to learn to be fluid, even, I think, much more so than the man. You know, I think the man, I think the man is pretty much 
the you know the the classical masculine man is pretty much locked in he has to learn how to be fluid when it comes down to dealing with the emotions of his woman and his children and his family and pretty much people in general but most of what the man is assigned to do um, it requires him to be locked into a certain energy but for the woman it requires a fluidity to to be able to do all of the things that I just mentioned with the assertiveness that would be necessary but yet with the gentleness of her femininity um, there's a time and place for the gentle side of your femininity and there's a time and place for the assertive or the strong side of your femininity and being able to understand being able to uh, determine when one or the other is needed is the wisdom that the woman must possess if you look in Ecclesiastes 3 and 1 it says to everything there is a season and a time to every purpose under the heaven so for for the strong feminine woman it is about you know discerning praying for the power to discern the time and the season for one aspect or the other and then there are seasons where are there times where it will require a blending of both through wisdom where where the gentleness and the strength actually come together I'll talk a little more about this moving forward but the virtuous woman of Proverbs 31 she had a career she had a family she had um, businesses she was a mother she had businesses she did all kinds of business dealings she had obviously a husband who was a prominent man uh, you know a king in his own right and she was able to do all of this because she she was able to harmonize all aspects of her life she was able to harmonize her strength and her gentleness you know and and come out with a feminine concoction that uh, the Bible says she excelled all other women you see you cannot manifest now listen to this very carefully you cannot manifest what you do not prioritize and whatever you prioritize you bring balance to see the world has made modern women to believe that being strong is to get you know all it is all it's about is get in the bag get in the bag get in the bag get in the bag and you know I'm the first to say I wrote in my book the father-daughter talk that a woman should always be in a position to make her own money I firmly believe that being the father of three biological daughters a woman should be in a position to earn her own money but it is a mistake when a woman comes away from um, you know the world and believes that all there is to being a strong woman is getting the bag and all it's about is is money and 
and, and you know, piling up zeros and all of this kind of thing because anybody that, that has had money or has money can tell you that money is great to have, but it's just a tool. It'll never bring fulfillment to your life. It'll make you comfortable. It'll get you some things, you know what I'm saying? It, it gives you a lot of options, but if you're waiting for money to make you happy, if you're waiting for money to bring fulfillment to you, you're going to be sorely disappointed. But, you know, getting, getting to the bag is very important, but so is being life material. You can't, you cannot, my point is this, how to be a strong feminine woman. As much as you give your attention to getting the bag, which you should do, you cannot completely ignore developing those aspects of your being that would make you attractive to a husband and put that off for 20, 30 years and then when you finally wake up and realize that there's more to life than making money and, and reaching goals, um, in other words, you have to prioritize both and you have to do like the Proverbs 31 woman obviously did. She prioritized and she harmonized both aspects of her being. If you're 100% focused on the bag and you never give attention to being the wife, you'll never manifest that aspect of your being. So this is going to require for you to do what? Step back for a few days before this year ends and really rethink where is all of your energy going? Have you put all of your energy into your business? Is all of your energy invested into your uh, career? And you've put no energy into uh, figuring out how to become the best version of yourself that would be attractive to a husband? Because if, if you can't balance, if, if you can't put in the work now to work career and to become the kind of woman that would be attractive to a man to develop the kind of attitude and all of the other stuff that goes into that, you're not really qualified to be a wife. Because if you're a wife, you, you're more than likely going to be a mother. And what do you think that is? That's a juggling act of multiple responsibilities. So if you say now, as a single individual, I only have time to focus on my career. I ain't got time to be worrying about, you know, no man right now. I'm going to put that off. Well, it means that you're, you're, what you're testifying to is that you lack the capacity to actually be everything that the Creator designed you to be. Because you do have, and some scientists say women can work with both sides of their brains, women can actually multitask. So it means that you do have the capacity to do it, but the question is, have you made it a priority or have you put that off because society has said to you, to be a boss chick is it, that's it, you know, bossing up, getting to the bag. Again, I say all of these things are excellent, but it's not all there is to you. There's more to be desired. Um, because, you know, if, if that is what you desire, if being a wife is what you actually desire, it should be a priority uh, alongside, you know, self-actualization and 
individuality. Of course, you have to work with what you have, and all of us come into the world as individuals, so you, you maximize that, but while you're maximizing that, also giving attention to this other aspect of your life that you want to see manifest. You can't completely baptize yourself into business and career and get in the bag and never give any attention to what's it going to take for me to be the best version of myself to attract the, the kind of king that I deserve. If you never give attention to that, you will never manifest that because you will only manifest what you prioritize and manage. So while you're getting to the bag and while you have to make decisions and while you have to use that you know, masculine energy that's really not a curse, it's a blessing for you to be able to function in, in different spheres. While you're doing that, don't just, don't just sleep in your masculine uh, career hat, your entrepreneur hat. Baby, take that off and put your feminine hat on. Learn to wear your feminine hat even before you get a man. Okay, got into enough trouble there. Let's see something. Proverbs. You see, because being, being a wife, which is the desire of most women, should be a priority before it becomes an obsession. Being a wife should be a priority before it becomes an, an obsession. It becomes an obsession when you, when you also buy into this idea that the clock is ticking and you're running out of time. And, and I mean, I get that in the sense of, you know, there, there's a certain age that women can have children and all of that kind of thing. Um, but there's no such thing as you get into an age where you can't get a man. I was just asked the question yesterday, you know, is there hope for um, basically a good woman out here to actually get a, a good man? And I said yes. And the reason I said yes is because I believe that God is the divine orchestrator of, of great relationships. And I think when we, when we really work on ourselves and we present the best version of ourselves to the world and then we stop running in desperation trying to um, make relationships happen and we actually give it to God, I believe that God will bring people together like he brought Lisa and I together. I believe that. Now if you go to Proverbs chapter 31 verses 10 through 15, it says, who can find a virtuous woman for her price is far above rubies? The heart of her husband doth, doth safely trust in her, so that he shall have no need of spoil. She will do him good and not evil all the days of her life. She seeketh wool and flax and worketh willingly with her hands. She is like the merchant's ships. She bringeth her food from afar. She riseth also while it is yet night and giveth meat to her household and a portion to her maidens. I wanted to just read those few verses for you because what you're seeing is how this woman is shifting hats from her feminine. It starts off with her feminine. You know, it says her heart, the heart of her husband rather, doth safely trust in her so that he shall have no need of spoil. She will do him good and not evil. She seeks wool and flax and worketh willingly with her hands. So we see how this woman is moving out of her gentleness into her strength, gentleness into her strength, taking care of her husband, her children, taking care of business, so forth and so on. And so that's the first thing I want to say to you. You have to lose this idea that you have to 
be 100% behind the bag and give no attention to your femininity. And, and please understand that femininity is about, it's really not about, you know, as much about what you wear. Because, you know, y'all putting on all of this stuff, you're wearing all of this, this, this stuff, you know, that's, that's really designed to stir a man sexually. And you have to ask yourself even about the clothing you wear. You know, is that wife material? Is that what a man is looking for when he's searching for a wife? So you got to dress like a wife uh, before, before you get an engagement. This is what I'm talking about. You, you got to work on the wife aspect of you alongside the, you know, the business, the entrepreneur, the boss chick side. I love all of that about y'all. You know I love it. I wrote the book Queenology because I love all of that. But while you queening up and, and bossing out and doing all this other stuff, they start considering, considering how do I construct my energy, my temperament, my persona to be that of a wife so that when a husband comes, he recognizes me. Okay, let me jump into to my main stuff here. Number one, own your womanhood. Own it. How to be a strong feminine, feminine woman? Own your womanhood. Don't run away from being a woman. Be, be a woman. Be excited about being a woman. Strong feminine women own their womanhood. They make no apologies and feel no need to alter their essence. They are strong because they love being women as much or more than they love being executives or business owners or whatever, 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 whatever. Own your womanhood. A man's greatest weakness, listen to this very carefully, a man's greatest weakness is a woman in consciousness, not just form. You see, you, 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 36, 24, 36, or you 42, 38, 56, or whatever, whatever your shape is, that's a feminine form, and there's somebody that loves that form. Don't let nobody fool you and make you think that all men like the same thing. No, no. Some men like a, like, like a Coke bottle. Some men like a two-liter. Some men like a, a beer keg. But you're going to be, you're gonna have to be woman in consciousness, not just in physical form. You're going to have to be a woman in your mind, and you're going to have to love being a woman. You see, when you, when you are a woman in consciousness, and you love being a woman in your own mind, what happens is you generate the kind of energy. It's almost like pheromones, you know, that, that go out into the atmosphere, and, and, and it attracts men to you that would be husbands because husbands are attracted. The sexiest thing about a woman is her mind. When she 
is a woman, knows she's a woman, loves being a woman, there's an energy that she puts off that, that, that attracts masculine men, and only masculine men make for real husbands. You have to own your womanhood because a man's greatest weakness is a woman in consciousness and not just a woman in form. You have some women that are extremely shapely and they wear all of the provocative clothing but they're just as masculine. Like I said the other day, just as masculine as Mike Tyson. Because in here, between these, between these ears, they're not, they're not a woman in consciousness. 1 Corinthians 11 and 7 says, For man indeed ought not to cover his head for as much as he is the image and glory of God, but the woman is the glory of the man. Now, we're not getting into all the theological stuff here, but the thing I want you to lock in on, it says that the woman is the glory of the man. As much as, as, much as some of these cats spend their time, uh, you know, talking about how they hate, you know, they hate women and all this kind of thing. The, a man's, a true man, a masculine man, heterosexual man, a true heterosexual man, his, his greatest love in life is a woman. His greatest ambition is a woman. That's why the Bible says that the glory of the man is his woman. And this speaks of uh, the etymologically, uh, or etymologically, the word primarily means his thoughts, his highest opinions, which speaks of she being his glory, his favorable um, opinions. Uh, thus, in a secondary sense, his, he finds his reputation in the quality of his woman. Praise and honor, a man's greatest honor is access to a woman who knows her worth and he can call his own. So when, when, when you own your womanhood and you, you become, you, you authentically and genuinely become excited about being a woman, it's going to shift your energy totally. Brothers, bras are not turned off from you. Not not real bras. They ain't turned off from you because you earn six figures a year, or because you bossing up at the job. They turn off because you're not giving off that you're not giving off that feminine essence that comes from that feminine energy that flows from a woman that actually owns her womanhood. Number two, how does a woman? How to, be a, how to be a strong feminine woman. Own your womanhood. Own it. Number two, handle men intentionally. Handle men intentionally. Handle men intentionally. I see some of y'all tensed up right there. You, you got your eyes start bucking. You already start typing on the thing now. I ain't handling no man. See, you, you need therapy. You got to go heal somewhere. You, you got to go heal somewhere. You know, mostly what I talk about, uh, you know, is relationships and what have you. 
and you hear every time I'm here, but every time I start talking about you handling men properly, you know, they're that you, you triggered. You going off on a tangent. You got you got to go get some therapy. You got to stop venting all of this stuff. Go get you some therapy so you can heal from this stuff. Because this means that the woman has to be healed to avoid dealing with men out of desperation or anger. And those are the two extremes that a woman who is broken, that's where she goes when it comes down to men. She either deals with men desperately or she deals with men angrily. And either, either way, if the outcomes are not going to be good. This means that you're able to see each man as an individual. This means that you're going to be able to distinguish kings from clowns. You're going to have to handle men intentionally. Now pause right there because I want you to think about it. I know some of y'all need to take a breath. Breathe deep, honey. Come on, breathe in. Breathe out. It's going to be all right. Come on, one more. Breathe in. Breathe out. Don't cut me off just yet. It's going to be all right. Go to 1 Kings chapter 10, verses 1 through 7. We see the Queen of Sheba. And she's, you know, going to check out King Solomon. And listen to what the Bible says. And when the Queen of Sheba heard of the fame of Solomon concerning the name of the Lord, she came to prove him or to test him with hard questions. She came to Jerusalem with a very great train, with camels that bear spices and very much gold, precious stones. And when she was come to Solomon, she communed with him of all that was in her heart. And Solomon told her all her questions. There was not anything hid from the king, which he told her not. And when the queen of Sheba had seen all Solomon's wisdom and the house that he had built, and the meat of his table, and the sitting of his servants, and the attendance of his ministers, and their apparel, and his cupbearers, and his ascent by which he went up unto the house of the Lord, there was no more spirit in her. And she said to the king, It was a true report that I heard in mine own land of thy acts and of thy wisdom. Howbeit I believed not the words until I came, and mine eyes had seen it, and behold, the half has not been told me. Thy wisdom and prosperity exceeded the fame which I heard. Now why did I read that? I read that because here you see, I believe, a pure example of a strong feminine woman. A strong feminine woman. And we see her, we see her doing this, this balancing act between her strength and her gentleness, you know, her strength and her femininity. Let number one, or letter A under this point, dealing with men intentionally. Letter A, especially when you when you're dealing with a king, you see, when you know you have a clown, you dismiss the clown. When you know you have a, a king, you deal with him a certain way. Letter A, she rolled in on her own merits and equivalents. The Bible says she came in balling. She came in with stuff, camels, you know, gang of people, own entourage. In other words, she showed up 
already balling in her own individuality. In other words, I ain't here because I need nothing from you. Come on now. That's her strength. She rolled in on her strength. You know, she, I ain't because I need nothing. I don't need nothing. I just heard some stuff about you and I'm curious. Let her be. She showed interest in Solomon. She said, I, I need to ask you some questions. Now, what's that? That's her feminine manifesting. She rolled in on her strength, power. And then she, she slid into her femininity. When she got to Solomon, she switched into her gentle femininity. She rolled in on a strong femininity, her boss chick femininity. But when she got in the presence of the man, she switched to her gentle femininity. She showed interest. She said, I came, I heard so much about you. And I just came, I just wanted to ask some questions. I was just curious. And the Bible says she asked him all the questions and he, he answered every one of them. She asked questions that only queens would ask and only kings could answer. Let us see. I, I just gave it to you. She asked questions only queens would ask. Now that's, that's what? She switched back to her strength. You see, that, that's, she, she came in on, she's she showing that I, I got it going on. You, you know, I don't need nothing. I ain't because I need nothing. I ain't begging or nothing. When she got in the presence of the brother, she, she switched to a gentle femininity. And she showed interest in him. And see, a king loves a woman that show, shows interest in him. Can I give you a hint, hint? Men are interested in women that are interested in them. This thing you, you've adopted that, you know, you, you're not going to show any interest in a man. And, you know, we, we did a lot of that crazy teaching to you in church that if somehow if you smile at a man, it means you loose and fast and you need to repent and all of that. You had better learn how to smile. Okay, let me get on. Let us see. She asked questions only queens would ask. That's her what? Strength again. You know, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not a, uh, I'm not a bubblegum chick. You can just tell me anything, and and I'm not, I'm not moved by your, um, you know, your your cars and your house and all of this stuff. Because as you can see, I do have my own. Your stuff is really nice now, but I do have my own stuff. So here's some questions I need you to answer. And then letter D, she acknowledged his greatness. She said, "Oh man." You know, I heard about you, but, you know, after coming here and seeing this, the half has not been told of how great you really are. That's her switching back to what? Her gentle femininity, the kind of femininity that attracts a man. A man, a man loves a woman that's interested in him, and a man loves a woman that will celebrate him. A woman that will say to him, bro, you're doing good. Uh, now, number three, number three, uh, how to, how, how to be a strong feminine woman. Number three, never seek to win fights. Never seek to win fights. I don't care what you see on the, uh, all the little, the little women shows, the little housewives shows, these, these women just clowning and cussing and hollering and screaming in public and and throwing drinks and, and kicking off shoes. That's some ignorant buffoonery. That, that, that's some ignorant buffoonery. Strong feminine women 
never live their lives to win fights. You see, masculine energy is competitive. Uh, it's, the, it's the dominant competitive energy and seeks to win fights. A feminine woman's strength is not in fighting or trying to win fights. A feminine woman's strength is in her wisdom and capacity to walk away from things that are beneath her. She's she not out here seeking fights. She's not trying to break her nails. She's not trying to kick her, feet, her shoes off in the parking lot. Her feet are too delicate to be bouncing around the parking lot barefooted. She's not trying to, you know, uh, put these paws on nobody. You know, she ain't trying to do all that. A feminine woman's strength is in her wisdom to walk away from things that are beneath her. She prides herself on leaving people to ponder. While you're ready to fight and act a fool, she'll walk away from you and leave you scratching your head. Hey man, I've seen it right here in my own house. You know, 26 years married, been together more than that. But whenever I've gotten into one of those argumentative modes where, you know, I'm upset about something and I'm just fussing, fussing, fussing. Lisa politely, you know, she's a church girl, so Lisa politely just <laughs> goes to singing worship songs. She'll look at me and say something like, okay, whatever you say. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. <laughs> Pray. Now I'm sitting there. Scratching my head because she's left me out here hanging. The wisdom of a strong feminine woman on this point, never seeking to win fights, is this. When you engage a clown, he makes you a part of his circus. If you don't want to be in the circus... Don't engage the clown. I heard Kevin Gates say that. That was some powerful stuff right there. When you engage a clown, you become a part of the circus. If you don't want to be a part of the circus, learn to bow out, move on, and walk away. Proverbs 20 and 3 says, It is an honor for a man to cease from strife, but every fool will be meddling. So a strong feminine woman, she ain't out here trying to win no fights. Strong feminine women do not engage in quarrels. They do their warfare with absence. Number four, my time is running away from me. Never lead how to become a strong feminine, how to be a strong feminine woman. Never lead with your accomplishments. And some of you have accomplished some major, th major things. Don't leave with that. Don't leave with that. Don't leave with that. And not for the purpose of, you know, if, if you lead with your accomplishments, you're going to scare off, you know, some little inferior man. Well, if you lead with him or not, eventually he's going to get scared because, you know, if, if he goes a little ways into your life, he's going to discover that he's in over his head. But 
a woman, a strong feminine, feminine woman should never lead with her accomplishments because this is, um, okay, okay, let me say this. This is, this, is, this is very important for single women in particularly uh, who are extremely accomplished. You, you want to leave space for a man to feel like he can impress you. So, you know, don't lead, don't lead. In other words, you're on a first date. You ought not be talking about, well, I make, I make a half million dollars a year and I live in a two million dollar house or, you know, I, I drive a, a, a drop top Bentley and all that. Don't lead with all of that stuff. Leave space for a brother to feel like I can do something for you, you know, because some of y'all balling out so hard that you get a multi-millionaire. You know, he, he, he trying to figure out, you know, what can I actually do for this woman? Don't lead with that stuff. Listen to what the Bible says in Matthew 6, 3 and 4. But when thou doest alms, let not thy left hand know what thy right hand doeth. That thine, that thine alms may be in secret, and thy father which seeth in secret himself shall reward thee openly. Let the brother get a chance to know you. You know, uh, and, and let him, you know, give him an opportunity to feel like he can impress you. Come on now. You know, that's, that's what men do. We lead because we are by nature. We are supposed to be what? Providers. But when, when you lead with all of that stuff, it's almost like you're saying to a dude that's a provider, <laughs> I'm a better provider than you, bro. Don't lead with that. Truly strong feminine women do not need to flaunt their accomplishments to feel good about themselves. When a woman leads with what she has or has done, her energy shifts to masculine. You see, it's dudes that sit around and talk about how big the car is, how much money I made this year, what I'm getting ready to do next year. That's masculine stuff. Let the brother do all of that. Let him discover you got, got all that going on. Let him say, wow, you got you balling. But let him feel good about being able to do some things for you. Now, number five, I got in enough trouble right there. Number five, give me five minutes and I'm out. How to be a strong feminine woman. Master the art of gentle and, but calculated confrontation. There are times that you're going to have to get some things together. You're going to have to get some people together. But there's a, there's a gentle wise and calculated process that strong feminine women employ that never takes her out of character or separates her from her essence, her feminine energy. A strong feminine woman can get people straight with a smile and even with a soft tone. She can switch to warfare mode without ever breaking from her energy. Proverbs 24 and 7 says, and this is the message version, it says, wise conversation is way over the head of fools. In a, in a serious discussion, they have not a clue. And sometimes, watch this, sometimes you start talking about, when you, when you talk about mastering the art of gentle and calculated confrontation, sometimes your most aggressive move as a strong feminine woman 
is silence and absence. Sometimes it's in saying something to the effect, we're not going to do that with a smile. No, we're not going to do that. We're not going to do that. And then you see the clown wanting to, wanting to start the circus up. I told you we're not going to do that. And then move on off the scene. That way, you, what have you just done? You've made your position clear. You made them understand what they're trying to sell. You ain't buying. You've not lost your essence. You've not stepped out of your energy. Because wisdom, if you look at Proverbs 24-7 in the King James, it says wisdom is too high for a fool. Sometimes your most aggressive move is silence, a soft answer, God bless you. I'm done here. I don't know about you, but I'm done. And moving on. Especially when you know you have the power to make the decision anyway. Why sit there? Why sit there and argue with somebody when you know you have the power to make the decision? You just bless them with uh, the gift of your absence. And then number six, she makes the proven men in her life feel like kings. How to be a strong feminine woman. She makes the proven men in her life feel like kings. Let me say it again because I feel y'all getting triggered. She makes the proven men in her life feel like kings. A strong feminine woman, even the men that are unproven, she never brings a man down. She never emasculates any man unless he puts himself in a really disrespectful place with her and then she gets him straight. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Without, without the, the, the gentle calculation. But generally, strong feminine women make men feel good about themselves in any scenario or in most scenarios but the proven men in her life she makes them feel like kings her fathers her husbands boyfriends her sons her brothers the proven men men that have proven themselves to be kings she makes them feel like that she treats them like that she's the woman that can that leaves away from the the office where she has a business employing 25 30 people and she's making you know eight figures and all of this kind of thing and she's the woman that comes home and and uh you know for thanksgiving or for christmas or whatever and she puts her apron on and puts her slippers on and she serves her husband and her sons and her and she serves her her father and what have you and she, she treats her, you know, when her husband comes to the office, as busy as she is, she tells everybody, when my husband comes, shut everything down and make sure you let me know. And she welcomes her. She get up and go to the door. Baby, it's good to have you here. Good to see you here. You know what I mean? And he walks in the office. She'll say, excuse me for a second. Good to see you, sweetheart. She's going to always make him know he's the priority in her life. Why? Because he's a proven man. The Bible says in Proverbs 31, 12, she will do him good and not evil all the days of her life. When you get a good man, babe, you got to treat him like, you know, you got to treat him like he's precious because he is. We got, we got a lot of clowns out here today. When God blesses you, when God blesses you with a king, you want to treat him like a king, period. Because a strong feminine woman makes the proven men in her life feel like kings. 
Well, that's it, man. I've talked too long. I hope you got something out of this. Let me pray for you. Father, I thank you for the wisdom. Now, God, let it pour into them. And let them, dear God, glean something from this that will shift the way they move in this year to come. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. Don't forget to go by the website. Sign up for my mailing list. If you need counseling, BetterHelp Counseling, there's a link for it in the description. If you use that link, you get 10% off of the cost of counseling and BetterHelp will make a deposit into R.C. Blake's Ministries for the referral. Don't forget to stop by Amazon. Pick up all of my books if you don't have them. Please, please, please do so. Thank you, all of you that have sown into our lives today. We love you. We appreciate you. We thank God for you. And now, since I've talked so long, I've got to hurry and get out of here. Man, you're on top and you're going higher. God is more in store for you. So as I always say to you on behalf of Lisa and I, we will see you at the top. God bless you. Until next time, Happy New Year too. We here at R.C. Blake's Ministries want to thank you for spending this time with us today. Time with us today. R.C. and Lisa are always honored to have you with us. Don't forget to reach out to us by visiting our website at www.rcblakes.com While you're there, you may join our mailing list and receive a free download of the Laws of Manifesting Your Vision by R.C. Blakes. Also look at all of the online programs by R.C. You may find all books written by R.C. and Lisa. Once again, all of us here at R.C. Blakes Ministries want to thank you from the bottom of our hearts. And as we always say, see you at the top. Have you ever wondered what it will be like to be mentored and taught by R.C. and Lisa? To be a part of an exclusive group with opportunities to ask questions to R.C. directly? There is a program called Mordecai Mission. It may be the opportunity you're looking for. Mordecai is a 12-week program conducted on Zoom by R.C. and Lisa. The program is named Mordecai because it was Mordecai who mentored Esther into her reign as queen. R.C. has been called the King of Queens. His passion for empowering women is like that of Mordecai. The program is for women seeking spiritual and emotional healing as well as a sense of purpose and a return to self-love. It's biblically based and spiritually empowered. It is roughly an hour of teaching done by RC. It then moves into Q&A. The program is based on three pillars. One, inner healing. Two, self-discovery. And three, self-development. The program runs for 12 weeks straight. Meetings are at the same time every weekend. The meetings are about 90 minutes to 2 hours. To be a part of the next group, go to www.rcblakes.com and register. Seats are limited. Pray about it. And if you feel a witness in your heart, don't procrastinate. Go ahead and register.